Welcome back. This is Sam. And this is Corrine, and we are two Onk Ducks. Today's episode is going to be focusing on what you need to know regarding anal squamous cell carcinoma. This is going to include the important details on risk factors, diagnostic workup, staging, and treatment of anal cancer, both local, regional, and metastatic disease. So there's about 5,500 new cases of anal cancer a year in the U.S., and that number is rising. So what are some of the risk factors for anal cancer? Definitely. So the rising number of anal squamous cell cancers in the United States, as well as probably globally, I think is what makes this topic high yield for the boards and also clinical practice. The higher risks or the risk of getting squamous cell anal cancer is HPV. And this is mostly the HPV 16 virus. And also to note that the HPV vaccine is preventative for, for the virus and thus the cancers associated with it. Having sexual activity in particular anal intercourse increases the risk, smoking increases the risk, and being immunosuppressed, whether that is from HIV or being on chronic immunosuppressive drugs. And then lastly, chronic inflammation, fistulas, and inflammatory bowel disease all have a higher risk of patients developing anal cancer. Yeah, absolutely. And so what is the prognosis of anal cancer? Thankfully, anal cancer is mostly local regional tumor, and it is highly sensitive to combination chemotherapy plus radiation. Our cure rates for anal cancer are around 60%, and the metastatic rates are low at about 15%, and the highest risk of developing metastatic disease is if you have a large primary tumor or if the lymph nodes are involved. And so what is the initial workup for newly diagnosed anal squamous cell cancer? The first thing that we need to do when we suspect or are diagnosing anal squamous cell is a digital rectal exam. You have to do that localized exam so you can palpate and feel um, where that primary tumor is. You also should palpate and feel for inguinal lymph nodes at the same time. Imaging includes a CT chest, abdomen, and pelvis, or you can err to get an MRI of the pelvis to get a more detailed look in that localized area. We should consider biopsying any suspicious lymph nodes, and we should also look for risk factors. This includes things like HIV testing and also getting pap smears in women who have not had a recent pap smear to screen for cervical cancer at the same time because these both are driven malignancies from the HPV virus. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And so when the workup is complete, how do we stage anal cancer? Staging anal cancer is very similar to other solid tumors and that the size of the primary tumor is really what guides our staging. So stage one is T1, and that is when the tumor is less than two centimeters. Stage 2A is when the tumor is greater than 2 centimeters, but less than 5 centimeters. Stage 2B is when the tumor is greater than 5 centimeters. And stage 3 is when the tumor is a T4, which means it is invading adjacent organs or lymph nodes are involved. And lymph nodes are involved in many stage 3 solid tumors. And so anal cancer is no different. Stage 4 is when we have distant metastatic disease. And so previously you mentioned a high cure rate with chemo radiation. So what is that regimen? So for stages one through three, the regimen that we use is called the Nigro regimen. And this was first published in 1983. Karine, I don't think you or I were born in 1983. So this regimen is older than us. Yeah. 
<laughs> and this is concurrent and concurrent needs to be bold and underlined in your mind or your notes, chemotherapy plus radiation. The chemotherapy component is my favorite drug, 5-FU, and it is dosed at 1,000 milligrams per meter squared, given days one through four as an infusion and also days 29 through 32. In this arrow that we have capecitabine, we can also switch the infusion to capecitabine pills dosed at 825 milligrams per meter squared twice a day, Monday through Friday. And I remind my patients that they're getting radiation Monday through Friday, and they take their pills every day that they go to radiation. The second drug that we add into this regimen is called mitomycin C. It is, has two dosing ways. And the first is 10 milligrams per meter squared on day one and 29 or a day one bolus, which is 12 milligrams per meter squared. The radiation component to the chemo radiation does have different doses based on different stages, and it can range from 50.4 gray to 54 gray, and that can be given over 28 to 30 fractions. I don't think they're going to ask you the details of radiation dosing and how many fractions on the boards. I do know that one of my question banks had some detailed questions on this, but I did not see it on my board. So I say that, but I don't, I don't think it's going to be high yield. And more recently, we have a trial coming out of JAMA 2008 that confirmed that the Nigro regimen is still our standard of care. What they did is they compared the traditional chemoradiation with 5-FU mitomycin, and they compared it to induction 5-FU plus cisplatin, followed by 5-FU cisplatin with radiation. What they saw is that 5-FU mitomycin had a longer disease-free survival and overall survival. And you may remember the 5-FU mitomycin C also um, in bladder cancer for localized treatment options. Definitely. And so are there any alternatives to 5-FU mitomycin C in anal cancer? Technically there is. It is not used a lot, but it is listed. So based on the ACT-2 trial, they saw no difference in complete response rates between 5-FU mitomycin with radiation and 5-FU cisplatin with radiation. So technically you can do it, but I think everyone still favors the 5-FU plus mitomycin C. And so after definitive chemoradiation, what is the surveillance protocol? The most important thing about surveillance is we do not evaluate for response until eight to 12 weeks after the completion of chemo radiation. If we see complete remission at that time, we do digital rectal exams, inguinal lymph node palpation every three to six months for five years. We do anoscopy every six to 12 months for three years, and we do CT chest, abdomen, pelvis annually for three years. And this is for stages two through three disease. If on the 8 to 12 week exam, we see persistent disease, we reevaluate in four weeks. It is so important, high yield, very testable to note that if someone doesn't have a complete response, we wait and give them time and keep checking for complete response. If we see regression or no progression on these serial exams, you continue to observe the patient every three months um, until we see either response or if we see progressive disease, then we move down the route of biopsying, restaging to look for local versus metastatic disease. Yeah, this is definitely something that showed up on our boards. I, so you have to know the DRE at eight to 12 weeks because it takes time to have a response. And then if there is not complete regression, you repeat in four weeks. 
and it can take up to 26 weeks to fully regress. So those were definitely things that came up on our exam. And so what happens if there's a local recurrence? If there's a local recurrence, unfortunately, we can no longer save the anal sphincter and patients need to undergo abdominal perineal resection. And they also need to look at the inguinal lymph nodes. If the inguinal lymph nodes are involved, you can consider a growing dissection or you can consider radiation to that area if no prior radiation was given with the concurrent chemoradiation up front. And then how do we treat metastatic anal cancer? Our first line regimen for treating metastatic anal squamous cell carcinoma is carboplatin plus taxol. And this is based on the ECOG Akron trial, which showed longer overall survival when it was compared to cisplatin plus 5-FU. Subsequent lines of chemotherapy can include Fulfox, which if you are ever in doubt and you have a GI cancer question, guess Fulfox, it is a safe bet, or DCF, which is docetaxel cisplatin plus 5-FU. You also should note that this is a virally driven disease and cancer. And so we've also seen immunotherapy work in anal squamous cell carcinoma. So nivolumab has been shown to have response in pre-treated, so after chemotherapy, metastatic anal cancer. The median progression-free survival is 4.1 months, and the median overall survival is 11.5 months. Pembrolizumab is also listed in the NCCN guidelines for subsequent lines for metastatic disease. So that was a fantastic overview. So what are some of our key takeaways? I think the number one key takeaway is to know the risk factors for anal squamous cell. These will be buzzwords within your vignettes when you are reading the questions on the boards. Things that should jump out at you is HPV, HIV, being immunocompromised and having a significant smoking history. One thing to note is HPV vaccination is prophylactic and can prevent not only anal squamous cell, but other virally driven cancers such as cervical and head and neck. Prognostic cancers for anal cancer is size of the tumor and then lymph node involvement. The standard of care for all localized anal cancer is concurrent chemotherapy with 5-FU mitomycin along with radiation. An alternative to that chemotherapy regimen is 5-FU plus cisplatin. First-line metastatic chemotherapy is carboplatin plus taxol, and also remember that immunotherapy can work in subsequent-line systemic therapy for metastatic disease. So that was a great overview. So as always, thank you for listening, and please feel free to reach out to us if you have any suggestions or comments on our Instagram, 2OncDocs. We will see you guys next week. Bye.